Greetings, and welcome to Friday, September 4th, 2020, and the latest edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and today's Patreon-fueled shout-out is for Abundant Life Ministries, working hard to create a better future for the Charlottesville community. There are another 1,111 cases of COVID-19, as reported this morning by the Virginia Department of Health, and another 10 deaths across the state. The seven-day average for positive tests has increased to 7.8%, up from 7.7% yesterday. There are another 35 cases in the Thomas Jefferson Health District, with 26 of those listed as being from Charlottesville, seven from Albemarle, and two from Louisa. Another Albemarle resident has died for a total of 57 in the district to date. Last night, the Charlottesville School Board was briefed on local conditions by Dr. Beth Baptist, the director of city schools. She has access to VDH health metrics that are not available to the public. Dr. Baptist reported that the city of Charlottesville on August 31st had a much higher seven-day positive rate than surrounding counties. For the overall um, health district, we're at 7.1%. Charlottesville is 9.7. When we get to 10, that's when it becomes a red indicator. So we're very close to that. Last week, it was 36 City schools open virtually on Tuesday, the same day that the University of Virginia will reopen to in-person instruction. This morning, the University of Virginia COVID tracker recorded another 20 cases, all of them students. That brings the official total since August 17th to 194 total cases, with 155 of those students. Students are expected to move into residence halls this week. Meanwhile, James Madison universities are moving out of dorms there, as that school has opted to go virtual for at least the month of September due to an increase in COVID cases. Governor Ralph Northam has asked the Virginia Supreme Court to extend the moratorium on evictions in the Commonwealth. A temporary halt on eviction notices expires at midnight on Labor Day. According to a story on the Virginia Mercury, the governor wrote Chief Justice Donald Lemons to point out that the General Assembly is still in session, with a bill pending to address the issue, and new federal directives have become available on a nationwide eviction moratorium. That action came Tuesday in the form of a Centers for Disease Control directive. Northam specifically wants the moratorium to last through the end of September. The General Assembly remains in special session this week, and members of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission got a brief update last night. David Blunt is the legislative liaison for the TJPDC. They have a over $2 billion budget gap to fill for the rest of fiscal year 21 and fiscal year 22. I think they're going to cover that largely uh, by using the um, money that was uh, frozen from this past uh, regular session. Um, and then they, they just really used, they went ahead and reduced that to, to largely fill the gap. Blunt said he did not anticipate the state will tap into a reserve fund at this time. Today, both the House of Delegates and the Virginia Senate meet at noon. TJPDC directors have the opportunity to update their counterparts from across the region. Albemarle Supervisor Donna Price relayed the news about the decision to remove Confederate markers in Court Square on September 12th. We expect that we will have um, several applications in for um, groups that or, or organizations that are interested in receiving those items. And um, we've been very pleased with the community engagement 
that we've had in keeping our constituents informed of the process. Price said the Albemarle Board plans to keep the county's meetings virtual as cold and flu season approaches and with no concrete plans for a vaccine. That should last through at least November 9th. Fluvanna County is using its CARES money for economic development and expanding internet coverage along Route 6 and U.S. Route 15. Supervisor Tony O'Brien said the county is also hopeful for more businesses to locate in the community, especially now that public water is coming to Fluvanna's portion of Zion Crossroads. We um, uh, continue to see some positive growth on the economic development site. Um, should have some announcements coming out in the near future, but um, we're getting a lot of momentum there and we're excited. And so we're working on sharpening up our economic development package. Nelson County is also investing in broadband with a recent $1.25 million investment to expand access to the internet. And another package is under development. Jesse Rutherford is with the Nelson County Board of Supervisors. Uh, We're looking at doing that again and trying to get to another 500 plus households within the next 12 months. Dale Herring of the Greene County Board of Supervisors updated the TJPDC on the impasse over Greene's proposed water supply plan. In July, the Rapidan Service Authority voted to stop collecting facility fees intended to pay for the impoundment of White Run for a new reservoir. The RSA consists of officials from Madison and Orange Counties, as well as Green. Here is Dale Herring. We voted to pull out. They voted not to allow us to pull out. The resolution that the board has approved stated that if we were not allowed to pull out of the authority, we would seek legal action. So at this point in time, um, we're trying to determine what needs to be done. The bottom line is they have the authority or the ability to say there's not enough water to approve a project. And they also have the ability to say they're not going to expand the water access. Herring said the RSA has offered another solution, but it is not acceptable to the Board of Supervisors. The Greene County Board next meets on Tuesday, September 8th. Tonight, Live Arts will hold the first in a series of Friday events that the theater company plans to use to stay engaged with its patrons. Daryl Smith is the box office manager at Live Arts. This season, Live Arts is embracing First Fridays um, in, the, in our lovely community here. So every um, first Friday of the month, I will go out into the community of artists and performers in this um, great community of, of Charlottesville and do a little snippet um, on interview about um, their art and their inspiration about their art. Tonight, Smith will speak with writer Jocelyn Nicole Johnson, who will read from some of her work, including a story in the form of a list called Buying a House Ahead of the Apocalypse. So I'm going to read a super, super short reading. I actually wrote this last summer before the pandemic and before quarantine. I was thinking about even last summer about um, how to plan for a future that feels particularly fragile or even like kind of tilting towards catastrophe. Like how do you kind of deal with that? Tonight's interview is free to the public and will be streamed on Facebook Live, but you don't need an account to access it. Katie Rogers, marketing coordinator for Live Arts, said the event is intended to give people a taste of what a virtual studio visit will be like. The company is switching to a season pass model for programming that offers weekly content, including radio plays and more. 
And that's it for another edition and another week of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast. Special thanks to all of the people who are signing up for subscriptions or for making contributions on Patreon. Your contributions are helping me turn this into a business and making sure that I can be here every day to keep you up to date on what's going on in our community. I do thank you for that, and I do hope that you have a good holiday weekend, and I hope that you're safe, and I hope that you're smart, and I hope that you're doing your part to keep this pandemic as under control as we can. It's all possibly within some of our hands. I'm Sean Tubbs. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another edition. Thanks again for your support, and we'll be back soon.